God, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for the time we get to share each and every Sunday where we can lift our voices and praise you. We can open up our Bibles and read uh, about you, read about your word, read about what you have to say to us. God, I just, I pray as I do every week that you would speak through me this morning. That the words that are coming out of my mouth would not be uh, my words, but they would be your words for your people on your day. God, we love you. We are here for you this morning. Would we leave here knowing that we have met with you? We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Anyone here love a good story? I love stories. I love telling stories. I love hearing stories. Uh, it's always fun when you get together and just start sharing stories. You know, some of the, some of the best stories start, uh, you remember that time, yeah, and just fill in the blank, or uh, uh, do you remember when this person, and we fill in the blank, and it, some, of the, some of the greatest moments, some of the greatest times in life are just sitting around and telling stories. <clears throat> you know, I got to, uh, uh, just a couple weeks ago, uh, some of you know my grandma, my grandma passed away suddenly a couple weeks ago. And uh, I flew out to Oklahoma for the funeral. And uh, one of my, it was was sad to be there, but it was fun at the same time because I got to see a lot of people that I hadn't seen in a long time. And one one afternoon, I got to just sit in the garage, very Oklahoma thing to do, uh, with my grandpa and his cousin. And I will never forget this afternoon because it was just two good old boys and their California grandson <laughs> shooting the breeze in the garage. And it was just, it was just so much fun and just to sit and to share stories together. I love stories. And each and every one of our lives is a story. We all have some amazing stories to tell. We could all sit here this morning and talk about, hey, remember that time when, or there was a time when this happened. There was a time when there was a problem and I overcame it. There was a time when I had a goal and I accomplished it. There was a time uh, when I made the right decision. Some of the most fun stories, though, are like, there was a time where I did something very dumb. <laughs> those are, the, those are, the, those are the, the funny stories. Those are the, the fun stories to have. Unfortunately, there are also stories in our lives that we would just kind of like to leave out sometimes. There are periods in our life, times in our lives, months, years in our lives where we would just like to say, man, I just, I don't even want to go there. I don't even want to tell that story. I don't like that story. But it's interesting though to look back on your life, especially at New Year's for me, is a time to uh, both look back and look forward. Uh, and it's interesting to look back on our lives and see some of those small decisions, seemingly small decisions at the time, that have major effects on how on the outcome of your life. Yeah, I remember thinking about, you know, we can all play the, the what if game. What if I had never done this? What if, I, what if my family had not moved to Bakersfield, California when I was in the middle of seventh grade? How would my life be different? I think it would be drastically different. At the time, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. I mean, sort of I did, but it wasn't, it wasn't the biggest of deals. It was just something that was happening in my life. But man, that decision and the things that came out of that decision had a drastic change in the way that my life went. I think we can all agree to this truth this morning, that the decisions that we've made in the past have 
directed and affected our lives today? I think we can all agree that 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 much is true. And if that much is true, then I think we can think about it this way, that the decisions that we make today can affect the way our lives determine our outcomes in the future. If the decisions that we've made in the past affect how we are today, the decisions that we make today affect how our future ends up. I believe this to be true. You know, every New Year's, uh, right before New Year, we, we just take some time in our service. I take some time in the service, and we look back at some of the stories that we have told throughout the year, some of the sermons that we've done, some of the stories that we've visited in Scripture, uh, and we kind of we look through, look back, but we look ahead, and we look at maybe some of the decisions that were made by some of these people that we've looked at throughout the year, and if we make those same decisions, how our outcome how our life in the future can turn out. Uh, you know, this is, we, New Year's is a time for uh, resolutions. Anybody make a New Year's resolution? No? That's a few? Yeah. Uh, New Year's resolutions are kind of funny, right? They're usually about health or, uh, you know, I want to read more. I want to drink less soda. I want to, you know, do, I want to do this and this and this and this. Usually by February or March-ish, there's like, oh, what did I decide again? There's this moment of, uh, you know, that was a really good idea, but I don't think I, I followed through. You know, part of the reason I don't think we follow through is just because we're not, not super interested in what we're, we're trying to do here. It's something that's going to make us uncomfortable. Or uh, I want to I sort of make, make a New Year's resolution with you here today, as we do every year during this time. I want to look forward and, and talk about some of the decisions that we can make that will directly affect our lives in the future. I want to do that by looking back at some of the people that we've read about throughout the year. And so uh, here's, here's a decision that we can make today uh, to determine the story that we tell in our future. And I think the very first one is this. We can choose to start. Start a new discipline this year. Let 2020 be the year that you start uh, something. Start reading your Bible more. Start praying more. Maybe you want to fast more. Maybe you want to do some sp- more spiritual disciplines. Maybe 2020 is the year that you want to do one of those things. You know, during our uh, More Than a Feeling series, we looked at Daniel for one of these days. And uh, I think Daniel is a great example <clears throat> of exactly what we're talking about here today. Someone who made a decision at one point in his life, and that decision affected his life moving forward. If you want to go there with me, uh, Daniel chapter 6 is where we're going to be. Uh, this is the story of, of Daniel in the lion's den. Uh, some of you are familiar with the story. Probably a lot of you are familiar with the story. Uh, Daniel and the lion's den. At this point in the book of Daniel, Daniel has kind of worked his way up in the kingdom to where now he is one of the, one of the main people, one of the, the biggest higher-ups in the whole kingdom right now. And there are a lot of people under him who are very jealous of Daniel and the power that has been given to him by the king. And so these men who are jealous of Daniel come up with a plan. They go to the king and they say, King, let's, let's make a deal here. Anybody who worships anybody or anything but you should be thrown into the lion's den. King is like, this sounds amazing. This sounds great. I would love 
to be worshipped like that. And so he, he signs it. He signs this edict, puts his stamp on it, which means it cannot be changed. Now I want you to see here how Daniel responds to this. Verse 10 in chapter 6. Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the window opened towards Jerusalem, and three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. I want you to hear that line right there, just as he had done before. Now, we don't know exactly how long Daniel had decided this before. It could have been weeks, months, years. It could have been decades that he has been making this decision to say, I'm going to pray three times a day. I'm going to make an appointment with my God three times a day, and I'm going to stick to it. I'm going to go upstairs in my room. I'm going to open the window toward Jerusalem, and I am going to pray. And even in this time in his life, a, a time where this is coming under attack directly from the people who know him, the people who know that this is what he does, this has become under attack for him. What does he do? He sticks to it because it was a decision that he had made long ago to pray. He had made a decision that his life was going to be centered around prayer. Now, one decision that we can make during 2020, I'm going to give you four options, and we'll, we'll kind of go through here during the, during the night, during the day. <clears throat> the first decision we can make is to start, start a new discipline. Well, Pastor Chris, I don't know what discipline to start. I don't know, I don't know where to start. I don't know what I should do. Uh, Jesus actually has some ideas for you in the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, he kind of gives us some disciplines that he expects of people who are following him. Matthew chapter 6, if you want to go there with me, uh, it's on page 831 in your pew Bibles if you need the page. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, here's, here's what he says. There's three different uh, disciplines here that Jesus calls his followers to, to do. Here's the first one in Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 1. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So, when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they will have that receive their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your father may be, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Now I want you just to hear the way that Jesus talks about this is not a, uh, it's not an if. Now if you give, do it in secret. No, Jesus is expecting this of his followers. Now when you give, when you give. Giving is actually one of the things that Jesus talks about most often in the Gospels. Talks about how we treat money, how we treat uh, others. Giving is, is talked about a lot. And we usually, you know, we say when we're starting new disciplines, new spiritual disciplines, the common knowledge is, you know, just start slow. Just start slow. If you want to start reading it every day, just read like five verses a day. Read something every single day. Read one section every day. Read one chapter every day. And as you get used to it, you'll do more and more and more and more. You know, there's, there's 
some wisdom in that. But Jesus is saying, when you give. And I think actually if you look back, uh, just actually a few pages into the book of Malachi, go back into the Old Testament, is you see just how important giving is to God. In Malachi chapter 3, verse 8, Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You're under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. God here is talking to his people, and he says, you're robbing me. You're not giving me the whole tithe. And this is one of the few times in Scripture, you know, the the common kind of wisdom in Scripture is don't test God. Don't put the Lord your God to the test. This is something that we read in Leviticus, Deuteronomy, and something we read in the Old Testament. Don't put the Lord your God to the test. But here we have God himself saying, test me in this. Test me in this. See if I won't just throw open the, the floodgates of heaven for you. See if I will not just, just bless the socks off of you if you choose to give. I think this is very true. There's, there's stories all over the place, even in this building right now probably, of people who, who chose to say, this year, this time, we are going to tithe. We're going to give. And God just... I mean, there's, there's stories I'm thinking of right now of people who, who decided to tithe, decided to give, and like the next day there was a check in their mailbox for, for more than they gave. You know, just stuff like that happens. I'm not saying that God's going to pay you back your tithe, but I'm saying God will bless you. He promises to bless you if you are faithful in giving. So this is a decision. This is a spiritual discipline that you can choose to start this year. Will you start to, to give? Jesus goes on, though. He doesn't just talk about giving. The second thing that he says in chapter 6 starts at verse 5. And when you pray, when you pray, not if you pray, but when you pray. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. When you pray. When you pray. I think probably 90% of us in this room would say, I want to have a better prayer life. I want to have a more intimate prayer life. I want to just know God more. I want to, to know him deeper. I want to have a more intimate prayer life. You know, during our, 
more than a feeling series as well during this year. We talked a lot about prayer. We talked about how in prayer we can bring to God everything that matters to us. Everything that matters to us. And we can do it constantly. We can, be, we can bring whatever matters to us to God all the time. And then we can take time to just listen. Just listen. Because the crazy thing about prayer is that prayer is not just us in a monologue to God. The crazy thing about prayer is that we can take our needs to God, and if we take time to listen, God speaks to us as well. When you pray, maybe prayer is the discipline that you need to start this year. Jesus goes on. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. I think fasting is probably one of the most misunderstood disciplines in our faith. I think we've, we've seen fasting as something that is kind of left to the nuns and the monks and the, the, you know, the, the spiritual types, <laughs> if you will. I don't know how else to say that, but you know what I'm saying. It is not, it's not true. God expects every single one of his followers to fast. Now, there's all kinds of different fasting. I, I am an advocate of fasting food, but there's, there's all kinds of fasting. Fasting, the whole point of fasting is this. To give up something that you are dependent on for a time. And to replace your dependence on whatever you're giving up on with God. If you fast food, you're giving up your dependence on food for a short time. And in replacement, you are spending extra time with God. When you would have been eating, you are spending time in the word and you're spending time in prayer. And you are saying, I will get my satisfaction from God alone. Maybe you're dependent on, I've seen people do technology fasts. I'm going to fast my cell phone. (laughs) I'm not going to be on Facebook. I'm not going to be on social media because it takes up time during my day. I'm going to replace the time that I spend on social media with God. Instead of trying to get likes and other things from different people, I'm going to gain my, my approval from the Lord. I'm going to gain my satisfaction, my self-assurance from the Word, and not from how many likes I get on this post. Fasting can take many forms, but... I can tell you this morning that God wants you to fast. So maybe this year, 2020, is the year that you begin to start the spiritual discipline of fasting. When you give, when you pray, when you fast, these are three very good options of spiritual disciplines to start this year. Uh, There's more, obviously. You can start the spiritual discipline of just being in the Word every day. 
Just, just taking time, making time every single day to open up the Bible, to say, God, I'm going to spend time with you. I want to hear what you have to say. I want to hear what you have to say to me. I'm going to spend time reading this word every single day. Yeah, there's, there's more spiritual disciplines as well, but I, I, I think those four are a great place to start. If you're, if you're wanting to start a spiritual discipline, if that's what you want to choose, choose one of those four and just chase it this year. Dive all in. So, spiritual choice number one, with this, this kind of uh, resolution number one, if you will, of 2020 for us as a church, so we will, we're going to start, start a spiritual discipline. We can also not only just start, but we can stop. Start something new, start a new spiritual discipline. We can stop something in our lives that is hindering the story that God wants to tell in and through us. During our uh, More Than a Feeling series, we looked at Moses more than once. There was a time in Moses' life uh, where he had to be told to stop. Stop doing so much. Stop doing everything. Andy Stanley says, uh, direction, not intention, determines destination. Direction, not intention, determines destination. Yeah, there's this, this story in the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 18. Uh, Moses has, has brought his people out of Egypt. They are, uh, they are kind of in the wilderness at this point. Uh, they are beginning to start the way that they interact with each other, start the way that they deal with each other. They are kind of settling down a little bit, and Moses is, is literally doing everything at this point. He's kind of the leader uh, that is in charge of everything over the whole community. He is the judge, he is the jury, he is everything, he is, he is, this is who Moses is. So Moses, as they're in this point, his, his father-in-law Jethro comes to visit Moses uh, while they are kind of in this settling down period. Moses goes out to, uh, to meet him and Jethro is, is just so excited to hear about all the things that Moses and the Israelites are doing uh, and, and how they were rescued from the Egyptians. Verse 13 in chapter 18 says, The next day Moses took a seat to serve as judge for the people, and they stood around him from morning till evening. When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, What is this you're doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as a judge? while all these people stand around you from morning till evening. Moses answered him, because the people come to, seek, come to me to seek God's will. Whenever they have a dispute, it is brought to me, and I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decrees and instructions. Moses' father-in-law replied, verse 17, what you're doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. And he gives them some advice. Listen, you need to put some people in charge of this. You need, to, you need to delegate a little bit. You need to take some things off of your plate because it's hindering what God is trying to do through you for the people of Israel. Verse 24, Moses listened to his father-in-law and did everything he said. Chose capable men from all Israel, made them leaders of the people. Officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. They served as judges for the people at all times. The difficult cases they brought to Moses but the simple ones, they decided themselves. Then Moses sent his father-in-law on his way, and Jethro returned to his own country. So even Moses, one of the great 
leaders, one of the great people in our, in our Bible, has to be reminded that he cannot do it all. Now, our culture today is a culture that says you could do everything and anything that you want. We are a culture of busyness. And maybe the year 2020 is the year that you decide to say, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop being so busy. I'm going to stop doing literally everything. I'm going to take something off my plate because it's hindering the story that God wants to tell through my life. Maybe 2020 is the year that you stop. You start. You stop. Next option is to stay. To stay when it would be easier to go. Now, when I think of just this whole idea of staying when it would be easier to go, uh, I think often we, as people, like to quit when it's hard. Uh, We quit on uh, our friends. We quit on jobs. We quit on God. We quit on church friendships. We quit on dreams. The person in Scripture that we have talked about this year that, that just goes this, with this just fully is Ruth. Uh, we talked through Ruth just a, a month or two ago, and uh, Ruth was someone who made this decision to stay when it would be easier to go. I mean, Naomi in Ruth chapter 1 gives Ruth permission to just go back home. Ruth, I can't take care of you anymore. Ruth, I can't do this. Ruth, your husband is gone. I have no males here to take care of you. Like, we're just kind of a sad couple at this point. I'm a widow, you're a widow. I can't take care of you. Just go home. I hope that you find someone that can take care of you. But Ruth, in chapter one of this, says she, she chooses to stay. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determining to go with her, she stopped urging her. Ruth decided that she was going to stay. She was going to to continue doing something that was not the easiest choice in her life. The easy choice would have been to go back home, to, to find a husband, to go back and continue normal life with her family in Moab. But she chooses to stay with Ruth. That choice to stay was a huge deal. And it was honored by God. We hear in the, the end of Ruth, in the beginning of Matthew, that Ruth is in the lineage of Jesus. She chose to stay. She chose to stay when it would be easier to go. Start, stop, stay. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's something in your life. You're, you're, you're trying to make this decision. Do I, do I keep doing this? Do I keep just going the way I'm going? Do I stay the course? Or do I go? It would be easier for me not to, but maybe I need to stay. Maybe that's a decision you need to make this year. I'm going to... I'm going to stay. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep doing what we're doing, even though it stinks right now, even though I just don't feel like there's any, any reason or any purpose, any goal at the end of this. I just feel like God is telling me that I need to, I need to stay the course. Maybe that's the decision you need to make for 2020. I'm going to stay. The last decision, the last resolution, if you will, is start, stop, stay. I think you probably guessed the last one. Go. Maybe God is calling you to go this year. 
Now, we've talked about a lot of people in Scripture who chose to follow God's command to go. We've talked about Abram, who in Genesis chapter 12 and 15, God just says, go, leave your people, leave your land, go to the land that I am showing you. Moses went. We talked about Joshua leading his people. Joshua, who hears God say, go, I'm giving you the promised land. I'm giving you this land. And so he goes and he, is, he urges the people of Israel in the book of Numbers, we need to go. We have to go. God is giving us this land. We got to go. People of Israel don't, but, but we get the whole book of Joshua, which is Joshua leading his people to the place where God was telling them to go. We have all throughout Scripture these, these, these men and women who, who follow God's call to go. Maybe God is calling you this year in 2020 to go. I don't know where it is. You don't know where it is yet. But God is calling you to go. Maybe the, the resolution that you need to make this year is to say, God, I'm going to obey and I'm going to go. I'm going to go even though it would be easier to stay. Even though it would be easier to stay put, to stay the course, I'm going to go. I don't know what decision that you need to make this, this year. I don't know what resolution you want to make this year. But I would challenge you to think about this. What is God calling you to do this year? 2020. Will this be the year that you start something new? Start a new discipline? Will it be the year that you stop doing so much and take something off your plate? Will it be the year that you stay the course even though it would be easier to, to just go? Will it be the year that you just choose to, to say, God, I'm going to go? God, I hear you calling me. I hear where you're telling me to go. and I know I need to. I'm going to go. What will this year be for you? Now, I, I want to just, I want to pray in a couple of minutes. And during this prayer, I'm just going to be silent for a little bit. And I want you to just pray with me about what it is that God is asking you to do. You might not get an answer today, but I want you to just keep thinking about this. God, what, what? resolution what what decision do you want me to make this year do you want me to stay do you want me to go do you want me to start something new do you want me to stop doing so much what are you what are you calling me to do let's pray god yeah we are so thankful for you thankful for your presence in this place thank you for your leadership and your guidance and in this church and in our lives god we are thankful for where we have come in 2019. God, we have just seen you moving and working this year in some, some just amazing ways. God, we look forward to 2020 to see how you're going to move in this church in 2020. We look forward to, to even more growth spiritually. We, we, we want to grow spiritually, each and every one of us. We want to grow in number. We, wanna, we just want to grow. God, we want to we go where you want us to go. God, now in this moment, though, I just, I, I just pray over this place that you would, you would give us some clarity this morning that, uh, of just the decision that you want us to make. God, do you want us to, to start something new? And if you do, what is it that you want us to start? Do you want us to, to stop 
and just take some things off of our plate and just that are hindering the story that you're trying to tell in our lives? Do you want us to, to stay, of course? Do you want us to go? God, what is it that you want us to do? Would you, would you speak to us in the next couple of minutes? God, would you just, just move in this place? Give us some clarity. Give us an idea this morning. And God, as we go from this place, would you just continue to speak to us, continue to move in our hearts and our minds to be able to uh, just give us, give us something for this year. Would you challenge us, guide us, direct us to better tell the story that you are trying to tell through our lives in 2020? Whether we start or stop or stay or go. Would our lives tell your story? Would people come to know you? Would a difference be made in our communities because of you? How we love you, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? <clears throat> and uh, we end every service in the same way. We, just, we pray a blessing. So would you just hold your hands out and just receive this blessing? May our God, our God who is in the business of making old things new, take you into this new year, guide you, direct you, that you may tell the story that he is trying to tell through your lives. Go in his power and his grace and his peace this week. May you make a difference in your community wherever you may find yourself. Go in the grace and peace of our Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for coming this morning.